No doubt about it. Things are crazy right now. Just read a paper. On second thought, don't. You're listening to something rock solid. Something to depend on. Believe in. Expert information on gaming, arts, and more. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Grid Radio Network. Come back! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Brancy. The Prince, the Blairs, the Hustlers, the people of Buffalo, but everybody else in between. The Monday night, the meltdown has begun. Is it Monday already? Man, it's hard to believe that we're going in to week 12 uh, right now. The National Football League Thanksgiving is here. Let's do this thing. Mike Sandals going to step up and in and join us uh, tonight. Steve Merrill kicks it with us. Captain George Kurtz. In the house as well. We got a triple threat tonight. Full house on this Monday night uh, meltdown. And there's a lot of melting down going on uh, right now. Specifically in the New York and New Jersey area. After the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat down uh, the New York uh, Giants. And it wasn't just uh, the Giants uh, losing uh, tonight. It was the way uh, that they lost. A listless 30-10 to final score that has left everybody frustrated. Um, you know, teaser players, over players, prop players. There's a lot of rage going on Twitter right now across the board. The only people that aren't raging are people that aren't stupid and just simply played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as Tom Brady improves to 12 and 4 against the spread when coming off of consecutive losses. Doesn't happen often, but now he's 12 and 4. All right, uh, Tom Brady, the last time he lost three games in a row was going back to um, to 2002. It's been a little while. So I've watched the uh, the post game press conferences uh, tonight, and Joe Judge says they need to watch the film. Daniel Jones says they need to watch the film. These guys watch more effing film than Cecil Siskel and Ebert do. Like really, who are you, Meryl Street? Like, like film? How much film can you guys watch? Like at some point in time, like don't your eyes hurt from all the film you're watching? And they also said they said the same thing about well, we didn't play the way that we planned to play. Well, I, I, yeah, no. I, I thought you guys planned all week to lose 30-10. to 10. Listen, I'm not surprised you lost. Despite the fact that you guys cover on the road all the time, I knew you weren't going to cover tonight. So I'm not shocked by that. Uh, but it was incredibly frustrating. I had the Buccaneers teased to the over, and I just needed another F and three points in this football game, and I just couldn't get it. I just couldn't. You're like, seriously, you could have put the Giants on a two-yard line. But the time has come. Uh, the time has come, but the problem is you can fire everybody, all right? You can fire him, you can fire her, you can fire it, you can fire the, you know what, you can fire the, the, the beer vendor, you can fire the concession stand manager, you can fire everybody. But the problem is at the root of the New York football giants, and listen, we know the Joe Judge, it's time for him. Listen, the jury is in, Judge, and you're guilty, okay? You're guilty, and uh, you've got to go, all right? And you know what? As I said, how much film? Wait, wait you're Leonard Moulton? Like, what are you, a film critic? How much film can you watch, all right? I watch a lot of NFL film, too. doesn't mean I should be a head coach in the National Football League. I swear to God, if your last name wasn't Judge, you'd never have a job. Oh, Joe Judge. Yeah, well, the executioner's here. You're done. All right, the verdict is in. You suck. We know that Dave Gettleman blows, all right? Ooh, Dave Gettleman sucks. Yeah, so do porn stars. 
The problem is the people that hire these people. It's a late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Let's do this thing. What's up, San Diego? What's up, Los Angeles? Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates around the country and everybody tuning in globally, internationally. Tonight is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, it wasn't spectacular, but it was effective. They covered the number. The game stays under the number. 30-10 to 10 was the final score. There's a fallout in New York right now. Joe Judge is blaming Jason Garrett. Says he understands the players' frustrations. Um, says they need to put the players in a better position to succeed. And um, says that they need to watch more film because evidently uh, Daniel Jones, Joe Judge, and Jason Garrett all are saying, well, you know what? We need to watch the film. Evidently, Joe Judge, Jason Garrett, and Daniel Jones are all like members of the Academy, all right? They all have votes for the Oscars coming up, all right? They've got to watch all the films, evidently. These guys have watched more film than Meryl Streep, all right? At some point in time, it's not about film. It's about actually producing on the field. And I, honestly, I don't know in like what world anybody thinks that Jason Garrett, like what, there's 32 teams in the National Football League, Right? So there's 32 offensive coordinators. An offensive coordinator in the National Football League is supposed to be one of the brightest football minds in America. Jason Garrett is clearly not one of the brightest football minds in America. All right? The light bulb is a dim one to begin with. And you know it's bad when Brian Greasy is calling you out as much as he is. Frustration across the board, but hey, listen, coming into this, Tom Brady was 11-4 and four against the spread off of back-to-back uh, losses. It doesn't happen often. Make it 12-4 and four, uh, right now. Isaiah Stewart gets suspended two games for having the audacity. How dare you? How dare you bleed after LeBron sucker punches you in the face and elbows you in the head? That's two games for you and one game for LeBron. Sorry, Bron. And you know they're calling LeBron. Sorry, King. Please don't have me fired. Uh, you know what? Like, you got to love that LeBron punches this guy in the face, busts him open, and uh, there was no foul called on LeBron. The foul was on Stewart. Stewart escalated the situation, evidently. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. Man, I don't know what's uh, funnier, actually, in a bad way. <laughs> the New York Giants play calling and the debacle that was uh, the New York football Giants tonight or Kyle Kuzma's, I don't know what that was, sweater, makes the Seinfeld Pirate Puffy shirt look good. Like, what? Like, seriously? There's no way in hell, there's no way in hell, all right, that the guys in the room can't, like, burst out laughing when he walked in like that. You, know, you can see you can see it on Twitter, at SportsRage. I, I tweeted up Kyle Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma rolling in. Listen, man, I don't mind flamboyance, man. I really don't, all right? 
Listen, I got to tell you what, if I was, you know, I don't care if I was an NBA player or not. I don't walk around with, like, Gucci purses and stuff like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know, like, some of the purses and the handbag thing and, like, it's not my thing, but whatever. I'm also not a rich 22-year-old, right, that's uh, sleeping with hot chicks like these guys are. So maybe they have more fashion sense than I do after all. But there's no way in hell anybody can tell me that Kyle Kuzma, that was a good look tonight, <laughs> okay? Like, the sleeves were, like, hanging to his knees and stuff, man. It was like, it was like, man, like what is your, like, did your grandma make that for you? And she's blind. Like, like I, don't, I don't want to take to like, you know, seriously, like it's one of the, it's like the worst things I've ever seen in my life. I'm not like a fashion critic normally, but it was just like, it's laugh out loud funny. It's like laugh out. And the funniest thing is, so he's walking in and he almost has like a look on his face when he sees the camera, like, oh yeah, oh yeah, here goes the internet's going to blow up in five, four, three, two, one. And, and then he walks into the locker room and that's what I'm just thinking. I'm like, dude, like you're walking into a room here before a game. <laughs> like there's no way in hell, there's no way in hell I'd be able to keep a straight face. Listen, he can wear what he wants and stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I would, I would, like, I would crack up if I was in the room. I'll never forget, too. I forget the fighter's name. I remember it was John Fitch, though. And uh, it was a Japanese dude. I was at the event, and I had John Fitch after. I don't know if you guys remember. Um, Buddy came out in a dress, <laughs> like, in the UFC. Which doesn't happen often, and Dana White, like, hates that stuff, right? Dana White doesn't want it to be like wrestling, right? That's why you'll notice there's not, like, there used to be more gimmick, right? There used to be more gimmick, like Keith Haring had the cowboy hat, like, you know what I'm saying? It used to, there used to be some sort of gimmick and stuff, but there, there was a Japanese dude, man, and he was fighting against, he was fighting against John Fitch, and he came out wearing a dress, and... The song that they played, and he sort of like sauntered and danced like into the cage. And instead of like people were loving it, like I, I'll never forget, like it was in Vegas, like the arena just erupted and stuff. And the arena erupted, and I'll never forget John Fitch sort of cracked a smile. And I spoke to John Fitch about it after, and he said that he thought it was like the funniest thing that he's ever seen in his life. But he goes, I couldn't, like, he goes, man, like, I'm in fight mode, man. He goes, you know, you walk out and you're in fight mode. You're standing in the octagon. And this guy walks in in a dress and he goes, I saw it. But he goes, I had to look the other way because it was too funny. Right? It was one of those, like, it threw Fitch off. <laughs> like, he's dead. But he comes in wearing and the crowd's loving it. It's like, what the hell's going on here, man? Right, so I would have been the same way. I would have been like, like, dude, like, bro, like, what's up, Kusa? Did you lose a bet? As I stated, look at look at my Twitter. Uh, you'll you'll be able to see it. So I want to get to the football. The Giants collapse. We got some great guests tonight. Uh, Mike Sando, one of the best in the business. The Athletic, uh, the Athletic. Say what you will about those guys. They really do hire smart people. So yeah, Mike Sando is going to join us from the Athletic. We're lucky to get him. Uh, good job uh, by uh, Matthias. Um, getting getting Sando on later on. Good job by uh, Kurtz being willing to join us despite the abuse he's taken over the years in the late night hours, uh, free of charge. And uh, Steve Merrill will step up in it. <laughs> and Steve Merrill. Uh, 
Well, it is true. Like, you know, it got to, it got to the point the other night, like when we were wondering about like Tony Finn, if you guys recall, we're like, I don't know. Either Tony's missing, he's got phone problems, or he's just sick of us, right? It's like, he's dark because the last time I snapped, I'm like, what the hell is this guy's problem anyways? And I thought, I don't know, maybe he's just like, yeah, I'm not doing this. I'm not going through this anymore. Uh, I'm not doing this. All right, so I brought up the, uh, the, the LeBron stuff, Isaiah Stewart and LeBron. So Isaiah Stewart gets two games, LeBron gets one, and listen, it's sort of easy to say, like, what the hell are you talking about? Right. And there's like there's it's (laughs) this thing is it's not the biggest deal in the world, this thing. All right. But modern players flip out, man, about everything now. Right. It's like modern society. It's like the Nikolai Jokic stuff. Right. With with Morris. It's like, guys, people used to whip basketballs at each other's heads and push each other into the stands and stuff. Come on, man. Anybody who's played street ball has done crazy stuff. Right. I got my nose broken in the NBA hoop it up. Right, I you know I was playing like some real dirty street ball, and the guy said I'm going to get you, and he did. He punched me in the face, and he broke my nose. I played on. I played on. Right, you play through, man, and you get the guy back, but you play through, and you do it in the context. Right now, everybody goes WWE and stuff. Oh, I'm going to do something, but I'm really not, and you know, and all that type of stuff. But the thing that's like comical to me about this is. The fact that LeBron gets his elbow up, all right, so LeBron basically elbows the guy in the forehead, then punches him in the mouth, right, and and somehow it was a foul on Stewart only. It was a foul, like, that. think about that, guys, the original call was a foul on Stewart. No call on LeBron. It was only after when they looked at the tape, they were like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess uh, LeBron punched him in the face <laughs> inadvertently or something. <laughs> right? Oh, LeBron's an accident. He's not a dirty player. It's like, yeah, whatever, dude. LeBron, you know, LeBron's not the dirtiest player in the league. He's no angel, but he's not the dirtiest player in the league by any stretch of the imagination. LeBron was clearly frustrated. I think LeBron expects everyone to sort of bow to him as the king. And I think Isaiah Stewart was like, you know what, dude? I don't care. And Stewart elbowed him in the ribs, which was fine. And LeBron elbowing him back in the head is fine. Right? Like, but then, like, where it got, where LeBron took the step when he, he did like a UFC style sort of side punch. Like, he knew exactly what he was doing. There's no way. Like, you can say, oh, that was accidental, bro. You know what I mean? I can tell you, actually, when I got my nose broken, it actually was accidental. I actually swung for the basketball. I sort of slapped. Like, I, it was reckless. Like, I recklessly swung for a ball, and I slapped the guy in the face. He really did not like that. In fact, he told me if we weren't at the NBA hoop it up, he would kill me. <laughs> he was like, I swear to God, I would murder you. The bet is uh, uh, Keith Van Horn was the honorary guy, the honorary NBA guy there. He had to stop the game and stuff. Hey, guys, uh, this is supposed to be for fun. And, like, <laughs> there's blood everywhere. <laughs> We're like, all right, now we got a game, man. Let's go. Let's go. So it's all cool, man. Right? Like anybody that's played street ball, anyone that's played basketball knows, man, it's all good. Right? Who cares if there's blood even? But Stewart panicked because he saw blood. He got pissed off. And I guess, you know, he just didn't care that it was LeBron, except you're supposed to care it's LeBron. And I could easily sit here and, like, I totally get it. 
Like, listen, I think it's ridiculous that LeBron didn't get the foul called on him. That's Scott Foster. Good job, Foster. Scott Foster, like, evidently knows, like, who runs the league. So Foster's like, hey, no foul on LeBron. That's Stewart's fault for getting punched in the face. Right? His face got LeBron's fist's way. Um, so I find that to be comical. But, like, what does LeBron deserve for this? Like, LeBron does not deserve more than one game for this. LeBron deserves a game. And I could have lived with one game was for Stewart, but the thing is, Stewart ran around like a madman and nearly created like another malice at the palace right in Detroit, all right? So, I'm actually cool with the verdict. I know it seems like a double standard that the guy that got punched in the face gets double what the guy that started it got, but Stewart did turn it into what it turned into. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And you know what? It'll be nice having a little extra cash to bet on college football. Yeah, I'd like to bet a hundred bucks. You want to make a team? No, just take it. It's the late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Maranci. We're kicking it. We're throwing it down. It's the Monday night meltdown. I don't know, man. It's been crazy. All these days sort of merge in together, actually, and I'm all fired up because it's a big game this week, Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, Big week. We got football tomorrow night. Uh, We got Thanksgiving football, Bills and Saints Thursday night. There there will be no sports rage, actually, on Thursday night, a program announcement because everybody's soft. Listen, I'm doing it. I'm here on Thursday night. I'm going to be on during the Buffalo Bill game. Me and a raging redhead, Cam Stewart, have your back. We're going to be on in-game live doing the Bills and the Saints game, but there'll be no sports rage on uh, Thursday night or Friday night. We'll be back on Sunday night. Um, so, feels like, I don't know, man, it's like a, a lot of stuff to get to. Merrill joins us tonight instead of normally Merrill joins us later in the week a couple of times, but it's his only appearance tonight. We'll get to some of the college games and the Thanksgiving Day games. Kurt steps up and in tonight. Uh, Mike Sando joins us. I want to get to, uh, to the giant debacle, but as far as the LeBron stuff, like I said, and I see people in our chat and there's like a, Oh, what a double standard. And Stewart, you know, didn't deserve like double what LeBron gets. LeBron started it and all this. Yeah, it's kind of, you know what I mean? LeBron did like punch him in the mouth. Let's be real. And he did like drop blood. You hit him twice. You know what I'm saying? Like he did. But, you know, it was in, in the context of basketball. And, you know, we can't overreact to everything. Now, one thing is, too, and it is true. And,. Adam Silver, he's a nice guy, all right? Like, Adam Silver is sort of like the, like, dude, I guarantee you right now, all right? If David Stern was the commissioner, Stewart's got, like, five or seven games, like, if not more, and and LeBron, even though he's LeBron, LeBron's getting, like, two or three in a talking to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Adam Silver's, like, the sort of, like, the new dad that's, like, more lenient, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, 
It's like David Stern passed away, you know, mom remarried, and yeah, the new dad is like, hey, can I take the car? Yeah, no problem. Hey, listen, listen, Adam, I smashed the car up. I got a problem. Like, Stern would be like, what the hell, you little punk? Silver's like, ah, oh, it's okay. We've got, we can get a new, we can get a new car. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Silver, Silver does not like conflict, and there is no head of discipline in the NBA. Like, there really isn't. They never replaced the dude. Right, like so, like the NBA, you know what I mean. The thing, and the, the whole thing with Stewart is, and I totally get it, and like that's why I know people thought I was going to go crazy about this, and LeBron gets one, and he gets two. Like I said, I think it's ridiculous, and I think it's they've exposed themselves. You know, that's all you need to know. Like, and Westbrook was right. Like, that's all you need to know about how like the, the system works. Right? It's all. It's like the real system. The ultra-rich, the middle class, the, 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 the picked on, you know what I mean? So basically how this worked was LeBron James can do whatever the hell he wants to do, and everyone else needs to sort of accept it and not start a riot after he does it. Uh, Stuart, you're an effing nobody. Nobody's ever even heard of you until now. And as you know, and you nearly started a riot in the palace here, the new palace, Little Caesars. So, you know, we got a problem here. And then, and then you look at Westbrook. So it's just funny that LeBron does it, doesn't get called for anything. Like, think about that guy. Like, how is it possible that the three officials miss LeBron hitting this guy twice? Like, twice. So not one ref said, you know what? LeBron just smacked him above the eye and then punched him in the mouth, guys. And look, that's why he's bleeding. No, no, that's, that's a foul. <laughs> that's a foul on Stewart. They called the foul on Stewart originally. So that just goes to show, like, the biasness of the referees that, well, yeah, it's your fault, Stewart. Like, the star system. How dare you, Stewart, piss LeBron off? That's what that message was. The point blank. Scott Foster's been around forever. The guy sees everything. All right? I, I'm telling you. All right, like uh, Scott Scott Foster, like spots, like you know, he sees things. He's got better eyesight than Ron Jeremy in a club did. You know, spotting, spotting the next grope, the groping victim. You know what I'm saying? He's got eyes like a hawk. Scott Foster can see everything. That's basically, you know, I guarantee you, that's what that is. That's just basically like, listen, you're Isaiah Stewart, you're a nobody, and you shouldn't even be jostling with LeBron in the first place. So no, you know what I mean we're not we're not calling anything on this. Then they were forced to, because they went to the, the they went to the review. They were forced to, and then they're like, oh, okay, we'll kick LeBron out. But the thing is, Stewart took it to a whole new level after. So I do think that is justifiable. And like I said, honestly, if it was stern, it would be a lot sterner. It really would be. Like uh, the suspension would have been longer for Stewart. Silver's a laid-back guy. Silver's cool. He doesn't want conflict. They don't even have to have a head of discipline. They're like a company without HR. Right? Like, seriously. Like, it's very hard to piss the NBA off. It's like when, you know, when you see guys, like, get kicked out of the, the NBA, it's like, man, what do you guys think? You, you selling crystal meth on the road? Like, what's, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's hard to really piss them off. Right? So, I think it's justifiable. I think it's justifiable. I think also, uh, in times like this, you must go to uh, Gilbert Arenas. We got to get Gilbert on the show, actually. We could probably get him now again. We used to have Gilbert on, actually, when, uh, when, when everything was great and stuff. Gilbert Arenas used to be one of the more popular guys in the NBA, like with the league and the media and everything. And remember, he used to give his shoes away after every game and his jerseys, and he was lighting it up, and it was, great. It was a great story. Everyone loved him. 
He pulls one gun on one teammate and everything fell apart. Talk about an overreaction. So uh, Gilbert Arenas got his own podcast and he's very outspoken about everything that goes on. And uh, he tweets and uh, posts. <laughs> uh, hey, at Isaiah Stewart. Hey, brother, I'm just going to be real with you here. And, you know, we're going to have to skip some of the language here. Pack all your crap up. Pack your winter jackets and boots because your ass is about to be traded to Budapest or somewhere. I don't know what kind of bumbleclot uh, blood you got in your eye, but you can't be charging at the king like that. You're going to be drug tested expeditiously just to make sure that rage ain't drug related. We don't do that in the NBA. You probably haven't read the memo on fight attempts in the NBA. Number one, don't square up with the king. <laughs> Number two, ever, don't ever square up with the light-skinned boys. That's Steph Curry or Klay Thompson on Golden State, Golden State, or don't let your chest get puffy towards them or your ass is done. Number three, only teams that's allowed to fist fight with any real penalties is uh, wherever Rajon Rondo and CP3 are at. <laughs> Four, wait till your teammates get around you and then act all like tough for the crowd. Sell it like the WWE. Yeah, that's good luck. Uh, good luck uh, moving forward, my man. P.S. This was way worse than the gun in the locker room situation. <laughs> Some can say this was attempted murder. Only thing that can save you right now is MJ dropping <laughs> episode 11 of The Last Dance. And he edits all Scottie Pippen scenes out. Or Vanessa Bryant dropping the Mamba last season. If you think I'm bullcrapping you, ask Ennis Canner. He got too close to the king back in 2016, and the Turkish president's been trying to catch his ass ever since. <laughs> we got to get this guy on the show. He said that might be a little edgy. <laughs> That's too good. Too good. Now, what's up with Cantor anyways, man, right now? I like Cantor, too, man. Remember we had him in studio, man, last year before the pandemic. And, and, you know, we, we do, our studio is across, is across the street from MSG. And uh, we used to have players on and stuff. It was cool. And we had Cantor on. And he's a super nice guy. Like, he really was a super... You know, most of the dudes were. Like, you know, I can't really say. I can't really say how that guy wasn't. You know what I mean? Not everybody was the friendliest. But, like, uh, Cantor was really cool. Like, you know, laid back, like, cool dude. Except Cantor, Cantor right now, like he's, forget about Isaiah Stewart. Like Cantor's the one that they've got their eye on now. Cantor will not stop ripping China on a daily basis. And uh, now he's going after, uh, he's going after LeBron. <laughs> and, and and now he went after, forget about LeBron, he went after the real king, Michael Jordan. Cantor saying that Michael Jordan hasn't done anything for the black community except give them money. I don't know. Like, the thing is, if you're Cantor, you know what? You can speak out about Turkey, and you can speak out about the human rights and stuff, but you're not black. You shouldn't be, you know what I mean? You don't get into Jordan's business and stuff like that. Jordan is not outspoken publicly about causes, but behind the scenes, he is very generous um, with, with people that he likes and programs that he likes. Um, I don't think it's fair to judge. I get it. Um, you know, I mean, like I said, that, that whole debate with Jordan has been brought up a million times over the years. Whole thing is, not everybody is Nelson Mandela, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, there, there are activists, and then there are, there are athletes. Like, I don't have a problem with an athlete speaking out about a cause that he believes in or a political. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't have a problem with it. But I also, I'm not going to get mad if an athlete does not speak about it. Right? What do you want? 
right? What, what do you want? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm more concerned whether they cover a point spread or not. Like, the whole thing is, like, you, everything is hypocritical. You know what I mean? Like, basically, so Cantor, like I said, Cantor is really biting the hand that feeds him. So he's ripping LeBron, he's ripping Jordan, he's ripping China, he's ripping the NBA. He's ripping Nike now, saying Nike is like sweatshop stuff. Says, don't buy Nike products. So, like, like yeah, but what? You know what I mean? So, what? You're going to buy another shoe's products and what? They're nicer to people? I hate to say it, but like, at what point? You know what I mean? What are we going to do? We're all going to walk around like Jesus in sandals? We're going to walk around in a sheet? There's no morals or ethics anywhere, kids. Or what do you want to do? And here's the cash and checks in the NBA, bro. If you really want to stand up, I don't quit the league. If they're so evil, bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Continues. This is Portrage. I am Gable Morenci. Let's talk NFL football with one of the best in the business, the Athletics. Mike Sando joins us. I'm going to cut the small talk because I want to talk NFL football. Let's do this thing, uh, Mike. Always a pleasure. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Yeah, it's good to be here. What a wild season, huh? Oh, crazy, crazy. And you know what, Mike? I said this before. I was one of the people that rolled my eyes when they added a 17th game, but I'm going to admit it. I was wrong. I'm glad they did because the season's just flown by. You know what I mean? It's flown by. It's gone so fast. I'm glad. I wish there was 20 weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's because we don't have to play and get get sore and beat up every week. (laughs) I feel beat up anyways. I'm not playing, but I feel beat up. So, listen, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, and we have a lot of uh, listeners and viewers in western New York and, you know, Bills fans all over the place and they're kind of a perplexing football team and you look at their metrics they're one of the highest scoring teams in the NFL they're one of the best scoring defenses in the NFL third down conversion rate on offense like second 48 percent there's so much talk about them not running the football they're actually ranked 12th in the National Football League they got like 118 yards a game I look at this football team and I sort of think their numbers are a little skewed because they blew out some bad football teams and number two I just sort of think it's it's execution they're just not playing well like I don't like I don't know what the problem is what the diagnosis is but you're a smarter man than I am so let me ask you what's your prognosis at the Buffalo Bills yeah yeah I think that you know they lack some consistency and some of that has been experienced by the good passing teams this year you know I think uh since or uh Kansas City has had that Seattle was a good passing team at times at least the first part of last year I think Buffalo's been in that bucket too that when teams realize that, yeah, you you know, you may, like you said, the, the Bills may have decent rushing yardage this season. I don't think anybody's worried about their run game. And so I think teams defensively have done a better job of uh, just saying, you know what, we're gonna we are gonna take away some of those big plays. And, and I think the teams that have the patience and have the have the running game mixed up can then make it easier again um, on their quarterbacks. They're still Buffalo's still a pretty heavy pass team the way that I measure it, and the way I measure it is first and second down first 28 minutes of the game before you get to the two-minute 
drill at the end of the half and before you get into the second half when the score differential really and time remaining affects how you want to play. They're still, yesterday, they're 65% pass on those. The week before, they're 75. The week before, they're 81. 69 before that. The league average is 54-ish or so. So I think there would be room for them to to come back a little bit. Certainly, I went back, you know, when you look at the Jonathan Taylor draft, I mean, that was that was also the, the Zach Moss draft. You know, and sometimes you just don't get the guy that would have really made it different for you, you know? <laughs> and it wasn't like we were all saying on draft day, oh, in two years the Colts are going to have a great running game and it's going to be something you wish. It's just the way that it works out sometimes. And I, I feel like because they're a little bit of an off, somewhat of an off-schedule passing team, you know, the, the quarterbacks running around and that sort of thing, uh, maybe when it doesn't go as well they don't have the consistency or just something to hang their hat on because they're not a team that, just makes you respect the run and play the run. I don't think the defense has played the run against them. Mike Sando with us, and that's a great point. And let's not forget, actually, about getting the right guy. And listen, we love Josh Allen. Uh, Buffalo Bill fans do, but the Bills are the ones that traded the pick to the Chiefs to get Mahomes, too, right? So, yeah, that's just a little bit of extra. But, you know, just quickly on that, because I want to get to some other teams, but... Is it the offensive line that's designed to 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 pass, uh, block, and protect, or is it quite frankly the running backs aren't good enough in Buffalo? Um, I don't think it's an or thing. You know, I think you if you have a dynamic back, it's really special. You don't have to be as good on the line. If you don't have as dynamic a back, you better yeah. be better on the line. And there's sort of probably a team that doesn't have a dynamic back and doesn't have the greatest running backing line, so it could be sort of the uh, worst of both worlds. You know, I live in the Seattle area. I think the CX are going through that. You know, and they were hanging their head on Chris Carson. At least he's a big back. They don't have him. I mean, it doesn't look the same. So, uh, you know, Kansas City could use one, too. All of these teams that would like to have a little bit more in that regard, uh, you know, I think then find out how good you are <laughs> blocking for an average guy. Is that the common theme right there as well? Because, you know, ironically enough, and I sound cliche to say, but we also have a ton of Seahawks uh, fans uh, that tune into the program. We talk a lot of Seahawks football. And I thought it was interesting. I saw something you wrote uh, about being 8-9, and nine, um, you know, the, the Seattle Seahawks with, with Russell Wilson. And I, I sort of, you know, it's been a common pattern. Listen, you know Seahawks football. It doesn't seem to be matter who the offensive coordinator is. They don't seem to get the ball to their position players. I don't know why they're always throwing a Freddie Swain on third down. Like, I, that's one thing I'm always baffled with. Why do you always throw it not to Lockett or Metcalf on third down? The play calling is erratic, but sort of like the Bills, uh, who Marshawn was also on, but they haven't had a consistent ground game at all. Is that the common thread there to why the play calling you know, seems so erratic in Seattle? Yeah, I think they're set up through their head coach and probably their coordinator to be at their best when they have a real run game threat. And so now that you don't have that, then I think it does fall on you know your staff probably to come up with some ways around that, and it's hard. I mean, if it was easy, then everybody would be doing it, and the Bills would have won the other day, you know? <laughs> uh, but, uh, I, I thought Russell Wilson was really bad in the Green Bay game. Okay, he's come back to the finger. I didn't think he looked good. I've gone through all the pass plays in the Seattle-Arizona game, and I'm deep into it. I'm not quite finished, but it's not like he's spraying it all over and there are a bunch of terrible passes, you know? Um, no, I'm not buying into that finger thing so much. I think it's deeper yeah, than just the finger. I thought he threw it fine. I thought he made some good, uh, you know, some good plays. There's times when, you know, oh, he's got the tight end open down the middle, but you know what? It's a seven-step drop, and there's not quite time, you know. And so you you could freeze frame it and say, oh, he's got to hit that guy, but then you could also say, um, yeah, but the 
that's a long time to protect and the pocket broke down. And so they're just a little out of sync that way. I'm with you. I see some of those, like a third down and 10, he drops back to pass and everyone's covered with their backs to him 15 yards down the field. There's no one even at eight yards to give it to. You know what I mean? Some of those things you do see. So I think it's usually a shared burden. You can tell when a, if, if it's just the quarterback's absolutely horrible. I mean, you can kind of tell on that. I don't think that's with them. So they need a run game. I think if they don't have one, it's going to be inconsistent offense. Um, they also play an Arizona team that's good on defense, good with a lead because they rush the passer, um, and knows them really well. It has done well against Russell Wilson. Shoot, they beat the Russell Wilson Seahawks with a lot of backup quarterbacks uh, over the years. So all of those things maybe come together, and, and you have a game like they had yesterday. But in the past, they could afford more a game like that. You know what I mean? They could have you could lose yep. one like that. The problem is they've lost four like that. You know, what no I mean? room for error. Yeah, they're out of they're, they're no room for error and no sign of real imminent improvement. You know, we had Trevor Moad on the program before in studio, and he, he had a big impact on me. He gave me his book, and you know, one of the nicest guys and smartest guys that we met. And when he passed away, I mean, this year that Russell's gone through, in which he never missed a game. You know, the the, the injury. He was very close with Trevor as well. I'm not really surprised that things have gone the way that that. And, and I know he's such a positive guy, and he tries, you know, he just he fights through all these things. Uh, but I just know this this is this has been the worst year of his career, and probably the worst year, one of the worst year of his, of his life, to be honest, uh, Mike. Well, as far as Russell Wilson's concerned. Yeah, it goes back to last year too. You know, I think he was an MVP candidate in the middle of last year. In fact, you'll remember following the Bills. It sort of started to unravel when they went to Buffalo, and they got way behind, and they, he tried to throw them back into the game. But at that point, going into that game, he was seen as an MVP candidate. And since then, um, they're 8-9 and nine with him starting, and they're scoring 21.7 points a game on offense. And that's why the coordinator got fired, because teams were starting to see, ah, you know what, we're not playing Seattle like we used to play you when we worried about the run of Marshawn Lynch. We're going to sit back a little bit and take away the big plays, make it harder, yep. and make you sort of be patient. And I don't think that's been Russell Wilson's game. I think he's been a take what, you know, you know what I mean, go for the big strike. And so there's been a little bit of conflict there with, okay, he, Russell probably wants to play wide open. He probably wants to be what he thinks Aaron Rodgers would be. You know what I mean? Just let's go. Let's go up tempo. Pete wants to control the game a little more, like a lot of the coaches do. Kyle Shanahan does. Bill Belichick does. They all want to have a run game balance and be a little bit more control and not have a bunch of short drives. So then you throw in the fact they don't have the back, the run game, the offensive line's not great. Um, and here you are. All right, Mike, we've only got a couple of minutes left. We're Mike Sando of The Athletic. Great stuff. Let me ask you, um, Coach Sirianni and the Philadelphia Eagles ran the ball less than a kid playing Madden in a college dorm room. You know what I'm saying? Like these guys yeah. early in the season, they did not run the ball. They refused to run the ball. What was the big change? And I almost had to do a double and a triple, and I actually did. I looked at like three, four different sites when I was like, are you telling me the Philadelphia Eagles are rushing for over a buck fifty uh, right now? And I know it's a little skewed because of Jalen Hurts, but uh, we got about a minute and a half left here. What's the big change with the Eagles, and can they keep this going? I mean, people are starting to buy into this team, and if you look at their schedule, it's very manageable down the stretch here, Mike. Yep, I think it started really with the Raider game, so the last last one, two, three, last five games for sure, where um, they decided, I think, I'd love to have been in that meeting. They must have had a meeting where they said, you know what, 
we have to play to our quarterback strength, which are running. We, we can't just have him be like any other quarterback passing. He's not ready for that. Besides, you saw the run yesterday, the cutback. He made the guy fall down like it was you or me trying to, to defend him. <laughs> That's awesome stuff. I mean, I don't, you, you realize how great these athletes are. To do that to one of those athletes? I mean, come on. You know, yeah. that, that was an amazing play. So I, I credit Sirianni and those guys for not sticking to their system or not sticking to something. Here's exactly. They said, we're going to do what this guy can do, and, and it's made them a competitive team. Now, do you want to do that forever? Do you want to sign up for that forever? I think that's kind of the next question, right? Is he good enough to do that year after year? Can he develop from that and become even better passing? Yeah, that's kind of the fun part for a team that has a lot of picks, too. They have high picks. For me, that's always the key, isn't it? That coaches, great coaches will adapt to the players that they have as opposed to trying to force the players into their into the playbook and then just throwing them under the bus after. Wow, they didn't execute the plays. And, right? It's like, well, you're going to get executed. You're going to be fired in a couple of years uh, because they didn't execute your plays. Mike, time always flies by when you join us. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Enjoy the games. Happy Thanksgiving. Same thing to you. Thank you. The late night anger management class. <clears throat> this is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. We're kicking it. Thanks to Mike uh, for joining us on the program. A lot of stuff uh, to break down uh, there. And you have to wonder, you know, when when looking at the Seattle Seahawks, there was a lot of talk about Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson potentially playing elsewhere. And Pete Carroll seemed a little bit different after the last loss. I think he knows, all right, the season's over and there's going to be decisions that are going to be made uh, moving forward. Seattle just, you know, this this is a football team that, you know, when you look, I think it is Pete Carroll. I think it is the coaching. I think, you know what I mean? If you want to play a certain style, that was a great point by Mike, if you want to play a certain style, then you better have the players to do it. Right, And I think it's a classic example of what we just said about the New York Giants. And it's the problem with the Giants, and it's the feeling I get, is you have to adapt to the players that you have. And I've seen this firsthand with the Giants forever, man. All right? I've seen this firsthand with the Giants forever where you get these like mediocre coaches that come in and they, they try to run what they're trying to run. And it doesn't work, and then they're baffled, and they're frustrated by the players, and everyone's just frustrated all around. You know, I don't think Daniel Jones is a terrible quarterback. Maybe Joe Judge is, you know, won't be, you know, is not a terrible head coach. But when you combine them all together here, of Daniel Jones, Joe Judge, and Jason Garrett, it's just impossible that it's going to work. You know what I'm saying? You can sort of have one weak link, but, you know, your three key pieces here are all sort of weak links and unknowns. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Football, the goal line. Baseball, home plate. Basketball, the net. Sports talk, right here. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. The Late Night 
your management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Ramsey. George Kurtz will step up, and then we got Steve Merrill as well. We'll get into the college football games, big rivalry week uh, this week. You know, as far as Daniel Jones is concerned, Greasy, I think Greasy does a good job. Listen, Greasy was a good quarterback. He's been around. Don't forget, like, about, you know, I don't know if, like, people realize. Listen, me personally, I think the Monday night uh, crew should be, like, flashier, personally. Like, I'd have bigger stars. Like, I'd have Randy Moss and Steve Young in the booth. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I would just have it bigger. Like, I don't really understand why they don't. I, I don't get it. Um, you already have Steve Young and Moss on the field there. So, like, well, you know what I mean? you got Hall of Famers on your team. Like, use them. Right? But nevertheless, Greasy does a very good job breaking stuff down. And, you know, Greasy, Greasy's father, Bob, of course, was on the undefeated Dolphins team. Great Purdue quarterback. Brian Greasy's a national champion with the Michigan Wolverines. Tom Brady was actually the backup. Right? You know, and Greasy was the quarterback in Denver. Uh, so, you know, Greasy, Greasy's good. And Greasy brought it up tonight in which he said, listen, Daniel Jones makes mistakes, right, that are baffling, like that interception. And he raised a good point, though, when he said, and he said, look at, the, look at this. And he basically showed, like, they were showing, like, basically how little time that Jones ever has, right? And so he's not really in a fair situation, right, to judge him. But the problem is it doesn't matter. Life isn't fair, right? Life isn't fair in the NFL sure as hell ain't. And you've been there three years, it doesn't change. And it won't change next year. Because I, I tell you what, you can say the same damn thing. You hear our boy Matias say the same thing. Well, if Matt Ryan has time, you know, he can throw the ball. That's what they said about Eli uh, on the way out. Well, you know, if you protect them and he has all day, nobody has time. All right? The Grim Reaper's coming for all of us, including NFL quarterbacks, when they drop back to pass. Oh, if he had time. Yeah, well, you don't. The late night anger management class, bring it.